Hello and welcome to Sellers Lounge. I'm your host, Pritha Dubey, an international sales trainer and founder of Success Vitamin, where we help organizations create sales superstars by combining the science of selling and the emotional intelligence. On this podcast, I sit across global sales experts to find answers to some of the most pressing revenue growth questions that are on the minds of business heads, CROs, and the startup founders today. We are spotting the top trends and tools that are disrupting the landscape of sales. Ready to graduate from Sales 101 to Sales 1001? Stick around because class is officially in session. Jump right in. All right, everyone. So welcome back to this episode again. And today I'm very, very excited because we have with us a very, very special guest. And you wouldn't be able to guess his age and I'm not going to tell his age right now. You have to probably leave in the comments that what do you think his age would be once you when you hear him? Because his energy and the enthusiasm that you're going to hear in his voice I'm sure is going to confuse you now that I've asked this question. So you are going to think about it. But who we have with us is Collie Graham from Ireland. And uh, let me give you a short, a very brief idea about who Collie is. He, he comes with 54 years in sales and uh, 27 years as a sales trainer. He's helped thousands of companies uh, exceed their sales targets as an international sales trainer. He has delivered sales training in UK, USA, Malaysia, Thailand, Dubai, Singapore, Mauritius, Australia. Ooh. He holds a master's in NLP. And in 2010, he was recognized as being in the top 10 sales trainers in UK. Kali, I'm so, so, so thrilled to have you as my guest on this podcast. Welcome. I am delighted to be here to be with you today and I thank you very much for your invitation and especially about my age. But one of the things I say about my age, at my age, I'm glad to be anywhere. So I'm so glad to be here today and I won't reveal my age to until words. Let everybody guess how old I am, which, which is a game I like to play with people. Because one of the things is life is for living and that's one of the things that I've discovered and I've talked to you about I actually said it at breakfast with my uh, with my wife this morning that how fortunate my life has been in what I've done. And interestingly enough, I'm doing some research on, on neuroscience and how neuroscience relates to success. And one of the things that uh, I, I talk about later, they say there's uh, four pillars of success in neuroscience is motivation, decision-making, creativity and awareness and my research has discovered that we don't become socially aware until we reach our reach our third decade if up to that time we are all self-centered and we don't have the ability to create empathy now the interesting thing is that four months before my 30th birthday i turned my life around completely because up to that time I was actually in my second sales job. My sales were, were, were good, but I managed to crash the company car twice. Second time, I broke the head with my windscreen. And it goes without saying 
that I was drunk both times that it happened. And up until four years, I had a big alcohol problem. And I am in recovery. I've been in recovery since 1974. Now people can start to work out my age by doing that. <laughs> You're giving it away. I'm giving it away. So four months. So what actually happened was I ended up that I turned my life around completely. And I and you know, when I hear people saying that I, that um, a, le- a leopard can't change its spots, now that might be true for a leopard, but it's not true for a human being, you know, because it's it's about our values and about are our values aligned with our goals, you know, to do that. And that that social awareness and the most important thing in sales is having empathy with people. And one of the things that my grandchildren, well, you have they're actually my step-grandchildren, but they call me their real grandfather, because that's another story behind that. I'm now on wife number three, and my wife likes to call herself the last Mrs. Graham, because and I've learned from those, I learned from those two marriages. Where did they go wrong? What part did I have to play in my behavior? That's so much today. I have a very happy relationship. We were married 20 years. Two weeks ago, we went off to celebrate our 20th anniversary for a short break. And we haven't had an argument or a crossword in the 28 years we've been together. And somebody asked me, uh, somebody who has recently asked me how I managed to do it. And I said, it's quite simple. When When someone argues and if you create an argument, and this is very important in sales as well. It's your it's ego driven. You're you're trying. You're been. Uh, I'm right and you're wrong. But you know, there's never a situation that I'm. Now, my wife sent me a, an interesting card for her anniversary. She sent, uh, "You're my Mister Right, and I'm your Mrs. Always Right." <laughs> so, so that's the relationship that we have. But what happened is that apparently. This social awareness and empathy doesn't really kick into the early 30s. Now, I was good. I was found to self that I was good with sales, but I couldn't control my behavior because I was using alcohol. And because, and why did I drink a lot of alcohol? It's the same with any addiction. It made me feel good. You know, and that's, you know, and that's one of the things is, you know, that motivation creates, if you're, if you're really motivated, which is the first pillar in success, it creates uh, dopamine. But the problem is that you it can also cause addictions because if you find something that that makes you feel good, you will your dopamine will say, "Oh, I need, I want more of that," and that's how addictions come about. And because of my own addiction to alcohol, I've studied it, I understand it. I one of my other roles in life that I freely help people and mentor people in recovery. I give up myself to those that uh, some people recover, some people don't, some people die. And that's, you know, that's what happens. But so at the age of 30, I turned my life around. I'm not a religious person, but you use the word enthusiasm and enthusiasm is a great word. One of the things that I learned, and I always, I loved this from when I was at school, I've always loved words and I've loved the meanings of words. And the word enthusiasm comes from the Greek, and it means entheo. And theo means God. And what is enthusiasm but the God within? And I, I believe that, now, the interesting thing, 
is how I, my wife is a creationist and I'm an evolutionist, but we just agree, agree to differ. She is a churchgoer. I'm not a churchgoer, but we allow each other to be the person that they are. But I know that deep down within every individual, there is a power. And if you want to call it God, that's a good name. If you want to call it the universe, that's a good name. So my philosophy in life is the universe is planning to do me good. So that's my philosophy in life. And just before uh, we came on the call, I was speaking to uh, a, a friend from New York, rang me on, on WhatsApp, and we have a conversation. We're good friends. And he talks about that if you look at your life, you'll find God moments. And we call them God moments because those are moments in your life when you have been shown what direction to go your life in. And that actually is the third the third pillar, the third pillar is of uh, success is creativity and intuition. And I, you know, and I tell this everybody um, on the on the training. When I train somebody and I say to them, my first thing I say to them, I'm not here to teach you anything new. And everybody talks, what's new in sales? What's the latest happening in sales? And I go, no. The only thing is, you, you know that on this earth, at the time of Moses that everything existed to have motor cars, to have internet. They just hadn't discovered it yet. All the answers were still there. So there isn't any old new answers. There's just some things we haven't discovered yet. That's amazing. That's really you amazing. Know, and, that, and that intuition, and how do you tap into that intuition? Well, I would use you know, meditation and mindfulness. And now I'm actually doing an exercise that I'm actually um, – looking for someone to rebuild my online sales academy website. And I have eight people who decide who will I choose out of these people. So I've uh, listed them all on this sheet of paper. I've given them scores and they have, I've asked them to come back for some answers. I'm going to read the answers and then I'm just going to go into a meditation and see which name comes to me. And no, that'll be the right name. And that's how my life, you know, it's, uh, I realized today that my life's been blessed and everybody's life can be blessed. But it's my attitude to life that makes it, you know, that because um, Marcus Aurelius said that you're as happy as you make your mind up to be. And there's nothing, and the other thing he said, which are two favorite statements of mine, there's nothing good or bad except thinking makes it so. So one of the things is, you know, that in sales, you always have that rejection. And that, that rejection is, you know, how do you handle it? I just, I, uh, I, had, I got rejected. Somebody asked me, they were interested for to start a sales academy in their business. And we had a discussion on Friday. I sent them some material. And they, they came back to me on Monday. said, we've looked at it and discussed it. We don't think it's the way we want to go. And I just emailed them back and said, thank you very much for letting me know. Let's remain, remain friends. And you always have my email if you want to talk. So some you win, some you lose. And gosh, I don't even think about the ones that will lose because they've lost, they've lost me. I haven't lost them. Yeah. Kali, this is very interesting. And this is so powerful what you, you were just saying because – if if all the salespeople start uh, having this attitude, it's you know the perspective that you're bringing, the philosophy that you're bringing, 
One, it is going to make each and every salesperson very happy person, happy from within. And when, when the heart and mind is happy, you automatically, you're able to see the solutions or the way outs in front of you. Then you do not get hassled by a rejection. You call it a rejection or you say, or, or you know, maybe you stop using these words, rejections or failures, because then these words do not really mean those negative words, negative things anymore in your mind, because you're a happy person. And when you are happy, your clients can feel that happiness. They can see that, they can feel it within you. The bond that you are able to build, you should know that even if a short term or that immediate deal didn't close or didn't get through for you at that moment, but that bond that you were able to build with your client, that's going to come back. And maybe that client itself is going to come back a few years, few months later, or that client is going to refer someone else to you. That is going to come back to you in return. And, and that is so true. And this is such a beautiful thought with which we started this. Kali, you speak a lot about, I know you speak a lot about prospecting and about cold calling. And I know how much you enjoy this aspect of it. So at the same time, yes, it is, it is one of the most dreadful thing for a salesperson to do even today. People think that, oh, cold call. Let me just avoid it. How do we get these salespeople that courage from within that it is not something to be so scared of? And are there some techniques? Is there something that is happening in current world that they can take advantage of? Well, one of the things, you know, which and, and everybody talked, I was thinking about this discussion earlier. And who were the people that helped me in my early days in sales 50 years ago when I first started? And I listened to people like Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Tom Hopkins. They were they were all influentialers on me. And one of the things that I actually I, I get cold callers or as they call them or SDRs as they're known known now. And I learned this from Brian Tracy to play a little game. And a little game is simple: is that when you're doing your cold calling, when you're on the phone, you play a game, and you've got to get ten no's in a row. So when you phone up people, you've got to see, can you get a no? So if, if, if it goes along and you get first person says yes, second person says yes, third person says no, okay, there's your first no. Or if the first person says no, the second person says no, the third person says no, you keep, because one of the things about selling, is, it's not about, I'm not sure what's the best way to word this, it's about I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. It's not be. It's not about discovering. It's uncovering, discovering, and discarding. And that's one of the things. Is is that you know, one of the things that I find, and I'm sure you find it as well, is that you go into comp, you go into companies, and they want to they want to sell to everybody. So I say, you know, the answer is not not to sell to everybody. You want to find is who who can you not sell to. Yeah, because one of the things that I find, one of the biggest complaints, and I'm sure you come across this too, is that the salespeople, that the business development people, the business development people say, oh, our, point, our, point, our appointments are rubbish. They haven't qualified them. And my answer is, like, well, let's train the SDRs to unqualify them. 
you know, because that way you then get better qualified leads. You know, it's better to have one qualified lead than 10 unqualified leads because, you know, now sales is, an, is there is an, an element to a numbers game. It's, and when I say, you know, the element to the numbers game is just hard work. You know, that uh, I once met the most successful life assurance salesman in the world. There was a New Yorker called Ben Feldman. And Ben Feldman was able to sell a million dollars worth of insurance today. Now, he had prospectors to to wheel people into his office to make that success. But I, I asked Ben Feldman, I said, how is it that you can make so many sales? And, and he said, was, I see the people. And I go, yeah, you see the people. I says, but there must be something more to it than seeing the people. He says, yes, I see more people. <laughs> yeah, and then one of the things that, you know, that I, you know, and I, I, when I first started 27 years, people were saying the first companies were would go to me. Can I teach our people to close more sales? The problem is I want them to close more sales. Now, I had learned fairly early on that managing a sales team, I used to, on a Friday afternoon, say to people, I never asked them how many sales they closed this week. I asked them how many sales they opened. And it's not about closing sales. It's about opening sales. So closing isn't the most important thing in sales. It is important. But the most important is being able to open a sale, is to prospect. And the easy thing about the easy thing about prospecting is what is my role as a salesperson? What is my role as a sales trainer? What am I offering? What is a sale am I offering? I'm adding value to someone's life. So the question I've got to ask me uh, is my product or service well, if you're a B2B, is it adding is it adding value to their business? How is it adding value? How are you helping people to do? And I actually think of one of what I was one of the companies that I train all the time is an app company. And they're they've been amazing successful. And I was I was having a train training session and I asked them the question, you know, I said, you know. Where's the gap? And they go, what do you mean the gap? I said, the gap is where, is where they are now to where they want to be. And the value is in the gap. And that gap, and the other word I used is impact. And when you uncover a problem, and I hear people saying solution selling's dead, spin's dead. No, it's just in another form of it. Like, you know, inside selling's come along, you know, and inside selling is actually all about value and how you can add value and how you can educate people because the role of a salesperson is to educate. And it's actually, you know, one of one of the first things that I actually tell people uh, when I'm helping them into recovery and I, and I say, you know, I offer my services. They're not totally free. You do have to pay something. And they say, oh, well, well how, how much do we have to pay? I say, you have to pay a lot. You have to pay attention. So the role of the salesperson is getting the person to pay attention, is to open that, that people are willing to have that discussion, to uncover the problem, because every product solves a problem. I don't care about problem, what product you name, it solves a problem. Zoom solves a problem. But computer, we're talk, computers we're talking to each other solves a problem. So all we got to do is to find people with that problem. So let's say that I don't have Zoom. 
So what impact would not having Zoom have on my life? It would create a gap that there are certain things that I can't do. So I can see the value of uh, when my Zoom subscription comes in every month, I realize that I'm paying for the value. So that's when salespeople need to take a step back and say, are we adding value to people's lives? And everybody wants, oh, give us a sentence, Colin, that'll make people listen to me or, you know. And I say, just listen to them. Tell me about your business. Tell me what you're hoping to achieve. Because at the end of the day, selling is about emotions. And this is where neuroscience really comes into that emotional intelligence. And that's what I think a lot of people are overlooking. They're looking, and we see it all the time, and I'm sure you see it all the time, and they want a quick fix. Oh, give me a, give me a nice line that I can use. And the first thing that I tell, tell salespeople, you know, you don't want to talk like Holly Graham. You don't want, I'm not making somebody sound like me. Yeah, one of the compliments I got paid recently in training some people, and and, uh, and I would actually do live telephone calls on their behalf. And they said to me, oh, you don't know, you don't know enough about our company, colleague, to be, be able to get an appointment. And I said, no, that's your problem. You know too much about your company. And you want to tell them everything on the telephone. So the question you've got to, you've got to do is, you know, how interested are you in the person that you're talking to? You know, what can you, and this is where it goes back to that uh, opportunity I turned down in July. You know, and the, they agreed with me, colleague, this is what we need to do. We need to find out, you need to research them on LinkedIn. You need to research them on the web. You need to, I'm a great believer in, in LinkedIn. And, and you know, my friend Nairaj that I'm friendly with, he was a LinkedIn trainer. And we've had numerous discussions of how to use LinkedIn. Now, every day in LinkedIn, I got three posts today of people wanting to do something for me. They haven't read my profile. They don't know what they do. They want to show me how to generate leads. And my reply is, I don't know how to generate leads. <laughs> you know, one of the things on LinkedIn, one of the easiest things on LinkedIn is, I did it for somebody the other day. I reposted one of their posts. So they thanked me for reposting it. So I said, you know, it's my privilege. I really did like your post. And I'd like to read some more of your posts. So the next step will be that from my point of view is, could we have a virtual coffee sometime? Because I'm really interested to learn more about what you do. You know, rather than I want to sell you sales training. You know, because the other thing is, you know, when I, one of my lines is, and people call it reverse selling or whatever, but it's going back to what we talked earlier about discounting people. You know, and I'm saying, you know, I, I'll understand if I'm not a good fit for you or if you feel that I can't help you. Please, please don't be afraid to say no to me. You know, you know, and I know that that's that's one some of the things that, that there are sales training company. I'm trying to think of the name. The sales training company starts with an S. Quite a big training company that they say, you know, tell the people you'll not be afraid to hear no. Yeah, I think I I I totally agree with that uh, because that's exactly what even I do when I speak with my clients. I let them know that I have no issues if you tell me no. And I also tell them that, look, I'm very sincere with my follow-ups. And so at times, you may feel that I'm bugging you a lot. So therefore, it would be very good if you get me a response, you give me a response. Even if it's a no, I'm happy with it. But it would be good that we have some 
conversations around this and you don't ghost to me completely. And I am very direct in telling the client, even if I'm talking to yeah, the I think that's important, yeah. And I use a bit of humor in emails. You know, when I haven't heard back from somebody, one of the emails I say is there's probably three reasons you uh, haven't contacted me. You can't find your telephone in your desk. <laughs> you've got a new telephone and it weighs too heavy. Or so you've lost my telephone number. Or I can do that email. That, and that's the first. So if they don't answer that one, the, the last one I send is, please help me. I can talk to God every day. Why can't I talk to you? <laughs> I think I think there is so much... This is where this is where salespeople I can understand so well that you know where they need to wake up the salespeople and what is it that they need to find from within the power that you were talking about. I think this is what the power is to take to to not to be so serious about this whole thing to add humor to add life like you said know that living a life and having a happy life. This is what adding life means, that you are adding life to that entire conversation and you're not saying that, oh, dear customer, you are my life and death. And if you don't happen to me, my life is going to get over. No, we all know that's not true. Even your customers know that is not true. So rather than taking it so seriously, add humor, add, add some fun, be direct with them, be transparent with them. Honestly, I have seen that customers are more likely to reciprocate or respond to you when they see that you are more interested in them and you are a nice person. They, it's it's all about making them like you because end of the day, they don't really buy a product or a service. They're really buying you. And if they like you, they are, they are good with who you are. Because it's, built, it's building trust. You know, the thing is, do, would you trust this person? To sell you a second-hand car, you know that's the old. You know they used to say that of Richard Nixon, would you trust him to sell you a second-hand car? And that was how they judged him. But and the other thing is that people actually say to me, uh, and and I was I was thinking I was training some SDRs and we were making a telephone calls, and one of the girls said to me, "said your your tone of voice, that you're you're really laid back in the way that you do it." Now, one of my other secrets in life, which I didn't reveal earlier on, at the age of 16, I got trained to be a hypnotist. Oh, okay. And I, I have hypnotized a few people. And, and sometimes on my courses, when people sit here that I can hypnotize people, they'll ask me for fun when the course is, oh, Collie, can you hypnotize us? And, and I, I, I know in one course, I think it was in Mauritius I was in, I hypnotized two or three of the people who were on the course and made them forget the name of their CEO and they couldn't remember it. But the other thing is coming back to, it's, you see, it's the most important thing in selling, the biggest tool that we have in selling is our language and our speech. And it's how we talk to somebody and it's the tone of voice that we use to talk to them. It's the words that we use to influence them. You know, I, I'm very, I, I look, read it, uh, Robert Caldini, I'm sure you've read in The Power of Influence, you know, uh, reciprocity and all those things that you can use. And that's where you've got to give, you know, and uh, I remember one of the biggest mistakes I, I used to, um, when I first started 27 years ago, when CRM systems were just emerging, I got an agency for a goldmine CRM system and it was on a, 
it was on a disc back in those days. And I made the biggest mistake in my life. I was there to demonstrate the CRM system. Instead of demonstrating it from his point of view, I demonstrated how I used it for my sales training company. And the guy actually said to me a couple of times, I'm not interested in sales training. I'm not interested in sales training. I want to hear how this CRM can benefit me. But I continued to say, well, here's the way I use this. And, you know, thinking that that was, a, and this was as my first year as a sales trainer. And I suffer from the imposter syndrome. Everybody suffers from the imposter syndrome. And I'll talk to that about that in a moment because that's the greatest quality we've got. That's how I get a lot of my success. But anyway, I came outside and I got into my car and I go, you're supposed to be a sales trainer. You can't even sell yourself. Look at the mess you made of that. So then I went back and one of the things I do is I, I review every sales conversation that I have. I, I enter a sales conversation and I enter it with one thing. I enter it with a blank pad. I don't bring any brochures. I don't bring any PowerPoint. And the and I remember the first time that I ever used it in the sales training, I actually said to the people afterwards, why did you choose me for your sales training? Because they said everybody else came, Colleen, did a PowerPoint presentation about what they were going to do. Said you came in with a blank pad, and your first question is, "What would need to happen to for your for this sales training to be successful?" And and we told you, you know, we wanted this, we wanted that, and you and all you did was nod your head and say, "Yes, oh yes, I can do it. Yeah, I can do that." She says because you inspired more confidence rather than people trying to oversell to them, and that's what happens trying to oversell. You know, and and to do back, you know, to do that, and I've lost my train of thought of where I was going. But that, you know, that tone of voice is to talk to person as if you're talking to your next door neighbor. True. I think I I'm going to I'm going to pause you here for a moment because this is again one excellent you know nugget. It's such a brilliant wisdom that you've shared because this is also where a salesperson gets treated. The, a way that they don't appreciate to be. Now, there is a lot that works on the voice, the tone at which you are speaking, and especially when you are on the phone, when they cannot see you and uh, they can only hear you. If the salesperson is going to sound desperate, if they're going to sound as if, you know, I need you, you have to speak with me, and am I speaking with you? Please speak with me. There is a high chance that you are going to be treated like uh, someone that you are not going to enjoy that. And then you will say you're going to feel all bad that, oh, I'm getting rejected. But if you are confident and your voice sounds confident and the person, the client on the other side can hear that confidence, they know, they exactly know that because you believe in what you are selling, so I should believe in you. And this happens because of the power of the voice that someone has and you know, the way you have to speak with the other person. And, and I think for that, you need to, again, it comes back to the same thing that don't be self-serving. Try and understand the customer and try to help them. Try to understand what they are looking at. A brilliant example that you gave. Try to set a context to the client's business and not about what you know and, and 
present something from your perspective but present it from the other person's perspective i think this is this is again a brilliant anecdote it is this yeah. um, and one of the things which is very old sales skill is that i use certain things like for instance if i was talking to you and my opening might be now i don't know if i can help you or not However, I would like to learn a little about what you do in regarding to help your salespeople to be successful. And just suppose that they could up their game. What would need to happen for them to do that? And then shut up and listen. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and people said, you know, once, you know, interesting, you know, and going back, you were saying about one of my biggest clients over the years uh, was in the south of England. And I used to fly over to them and do a week's training. I actually flew over and did two weeks training. And I went and visited some friends who lived there for the weekend for them. And how I won that contract was I went to see them, talked to them about what they needed. And I didn't win the contract. Two months later, at 8.30 in the morning, I got a phone call from their CEO. And he, he called typical, he was a typical Englishman who called everybody old bean. And he said, Old Bean, he said, you're a strange, and this is what he said, I can remember the words exactly. He said, Old Bean, you're a strange one-man band character. But he said, I should have listened to my heart when I talked to you and not to my head. He said, I chose the wrong company, and I've just fired them, and I want you to come in and deliver the training. And that was a contract I had for about five years. Uh, until the CEO himself actually retired. So I, we, I think we both retired together. And I made quite a bit of money out of that, that company. And they were really good to me. They sent a card to the airport to get me to their offices. They paid my hotel bills. They paid my expenses. And they had my fee on top of that. One of the best clients I ever had. Now, I had left him with the thought, well, yeah, you know, whoever you choose, I hope it works out for you. But just keep my phone number on file if you ever need it. And that's what happened there. And one of the things, you know, that everybody's hunting for that new magic silver bullet. And the only person who had a silver bullet was the Lone Ranger. <laughs> so the silver bullet, and that's what his, his horse was called, silver. That was a silver bullet. But... You know, this, the silver bullet in sales doesn't work. And I think as Brian, Brian Tracy said, sales is 10% hard work and 90% inspiration. So how, you know, how are you inspired? And I know that uh, I'm trying to think of the ancient Hindu language because apparently the word inspired comes from the ancient language. And the word inspired is the spirit within yeah, so the spirit with it. So when you're inspired, there you go. You've got that power within you. And now one of the things that you've got to do, and one of my uh, one of my key accounts, and somebody that I have coffee with once a month and lunch, and uh, he actually said earlier on, he, he said the greatest ability for salespeople are people who can think on their feet. You know, that you're able, you're able to think on your feet. And, and the other thing is, one of my greatest defects, which I'm very aware of, is I tend to talk over the top of people. And I'm trying to stop it, Colin. Don't do that. Because I would teach people pause before you reply. You know, and listen to what people have said and let the words form within your within your mind before you do it. 
And, and the other thing which I suffer from is the imposter syndrome. Am I good enough? Am I well enough qualified? Now, I learned this from a, a Hollywood actor called Anthony Hopkins or Tony Hopkins. And Anthony Hopkins apparently suffers from the imposter syndrome. And somebody asked him about it, and he says, when he gets a film script and they read it and we want you to play the lead, Anthony, he says, I read the script and they just, oh, I couldn't play this. This is beyond me. And I go back to the director or producer and say, no, 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 I can't do this. Oh, we really want you, Anthony. We think you're perfect for the role. So he says, when I accept the role, because I think I can't do it, I rehearse even more strongly. I just don't walk on the roll and say, I can do this. Now, every sales training, I, I have this thought, before I deliver every sales training, is this what these people really want? Is this people what they really need? Is this, what, is, this, is, is this going to help them? So then when I create the training, it comes the very best, and, and it comes from my heart, not just out of my head, to do that. Amazing. Cool. I... I really wish that, you know, I, I probably will have to have a part two with you very soon <laughs> because your words of wisdom, your experience, it is so motivating. I'm just taking notes while as if it's a, it's, a, it's a live class happening for me. I'm taking notes on everything that you are saying. And I'm going to do a very quick recap for all the audiences here who are who are listening, who have tuned into this particular podcast, I'm sure all of them are really having fun. And I'm sure everybody will want a part two of this happening. But what I have taken down a note is something which you mentioned about uncovering, discovering and discarding, which is a very, very critical thing. And, and if salespeople can get into that mindset that this is how I need to kind of proceed with, you know, this is how my sales approach or philosophy should be. And uh, the fact that that salespeople are required or they feel that I need to push every call that I am I am into and I'm I need to push it to a close. The fact that you gave examples of how you can you're so comfortable telling somebody that you may select someone else, but here is my card. And you can think of me later when the need is right or when the fit is right. You can think of me later. Where does this confidence come from? This comes when you have opened better. Then you are not fighting or you're not running behind closing them. So if you have opened better, like you very clearly said, that opening a sales is far more important than closing a sales. If you have so many in your pipeline, then you really didn't, don't have to kind of push or run behind just one that client was agreed to speak with you or agreed to at least give you an ear and want to listen to you. And also, I think the most interesting and most powerful piece is to find that power within because everything is around you. It already exists. The solutions are already there. Every approach, every method, every technique that you want, that someone else is going to come and give it to you, it's already there. You just have to find it because you have to, and for that, you'll have to just find that motivation from within. You open your eyes, be open-minded. And I think everything is going to then come back and you'll, you'll start finding everything on its own. You don't even have to actually have to find it. You will just see those things happening around you. And that is probably what is intuition. You will start 
trusting your intuition more out there. So thank you very much. This was this was a very, very, it was personal for me. Thank you for the invite. It's It was a precious, precious talk that I've had with you. But it was, it was really a pleasure having you here. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, speaking with you a lot more. All those who are listening, if you wish to connect with Kali, it's uh, Kali Graham. You'll find him on uh, LinkedIn. Is very easy to find. Uh, it's not that difficult. Please do connect with him because as you may have already understood by now, there are tons and tons of knowledge and wisdom and experiences that you can gain from him. And uh, I'm going to see you all in the next episode. Till then, take care of yourself and uh, stay safe. Thank you, everyone. And that's a wrap on today's episode of Sellers Lounge. A huge thank you to our guests and of course, all of you sales champions out there who tuned into this episode. If you found value in today's conversation, make sure to follow the podcast and share it with your sales buddies. Please also leave a review sharing what you like about this podcast. And if you want to take your sales game to the next level, head to my website, thesuccessvitamin.com to get loads of exclusive content and courses. This is your host, Pratha Dube, signing off with a reminder that if you are not selling, you are not winning. See you next week.